As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, This Is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're ready to take your game to the next level, who better to lead the way than our own Luke Bogacki? Check out This Is Bracket Racing Elite today. In addition, today's podcast is presented by Racing RVs. Based near Dayton, Ohio, Racing RVs is your source for quality new or used trucks, motorhomes, and trailers. Whether you're buying, selling, or trading, make Racing RVs your first call. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Introducing your hosts, the multi-time world champion, Cool Hand Luke Bogacki, and the golden voice of drag racing, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. Thank you for finding us wherever you find your podcast and allowing us to be a small part of your day. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast will be a weekly review of what's happening or what has happened in sportsman racing. Luke and I will be talking about all of the hottest topics, drivers, and events in racing today. Luke, what's going on, bud? I got to be honest, Jed. This is, uh, I don't know if awkward's the right word. This is different. It is. It is. It's awkward. For the first time in the history of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, we are recording this in the same room. I would like to say that we're face-to-face. But Jed's actually facing a different direction, and he just put a trash can up so that I couldn't see him. I think I was making him <laughs> nervous. Is that an accurate depiction? Yes, that's very accurate. I, I don't know. I'm uncomfortable with you looking at me while I'm doing the podcast, so I had to I had to put a blocker up. I, <laughs> I mean, this feels like Jason Lynch, stuff hanging from the helmet, don't want to see nothing in the other lane. Like, we got the blinders on right here. <laughs> well... Just as long as I can't see you and you can't see me, I feel like this is taking its normal route. But <laughs> when we started, we were looking at each other sitting at the same table, and that don't work at all. No, we, we didn't get through the pre-rolls like that. 
<laughs> for those of you trying to keep up, what Jed and I are at the Fall Fling at uh, at beautiful Bristol Dragway. Uh, actually, as we record, they are wrapping up the action in Wednesday's fifteen thousand dollar to win main event. Uh, we got a bird's eye view up here in the suite, taking it in as we uh, as we kind of flow through this week's podcast. So, Jed, what's new with you other than uh, a long weekend at Huntsville, a short week at home, and a quick trip to Bristol? Yeah, that's about it, Luke. You know, had a uh, had a couple of days of work in between racing at the DRR Ultimate Series, and I uh, didn't perform very well there. And coming to Bristol, and uh, we've already got Wednesday's action in for me anyway, and I didn't perform well here either. So I'm going to turn that around tomorrow. Tomorrow's a twenty grander, and it's going to start out a lot better. I'm going to change my approach a little bit and come with more confidence. So I'm going to be ready to go. But now. While my trip and my week has seemed hectic and busy, I wasn't, what, 2,500 miles from here? So uh, <laughs> yours has been pretty wild. Yeah. Did, you know, back to what you said initially, did we race today? I mean, I know they're having a race. Were we involved in it? Because I think I've blocked that out of my memory as well. It's another one you've stricken from the memory bank. <laughs> yeah. The way that this shook down for me, and keep in mind there is a little bit of a time zone difference, so it's not quite as crazy as it might sound but i got up yesterday morning a little bit before 4 a.m now granted that was mountain time in salt lake city i got on a big plane that took me to denver i got on a little bit smaller plane that took me to st louis then i got on a lot smaller plane that took me to marion illinois i got to marion at about my flight landed at 220 came home threw two dragsters in a little trailer we were on the road at five it's a little over 400 miles from our house to Bristol. So we pulled in here about 3 a.m. So that was a 4 a.m. start, 3 a.m. finish. Oh. 2,000 plus miles in between to come here and support the fall fling. As you might imagine, I don't really think I've put forth my best effort on Wednesday <laughs> after that. We did get here in time for a time trial. We were the last two cars down the racetrack. You they were kinda, that. They kind of stopped everything, so we get a time trial. Appreciate that. And Jessica and I were unable to advance through round two, but we are here and we are having a good time and uh, hoping for a little bit better weekend the rest of the way. Yeah, I'm sure we we, we got to improve because no today, yeah, today was pretty bad. So <laughs> but, uh, we got a big show ahead, Luke. A lot, lot of stuff to talk about. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have uh, maybe even get to hear race cars or something in the background here in just a little bit. That'll be pretty cool for the podcast. But got a lot of results to talk about. Yeah, this will be unique in a lot of ways. Cover up uh, results from the national event in Maple Grove, double divisional out where I was at in uh, near Salt Lake City, Utah at Rocky Mountain Raceways. In addition, the D- we had the DRR Series finale from Huntsville last week, Jed, where you were at, as well as the Jim Harrington Memorial Footbreak Race at Cecil County. IHRA crowned its eight sportsman champions over the weekend. We'll recognize those accomplishments, plus... We had four more tickets punched to Pomona at the NHRA Division Four Bracket Finals. I believe we're actually going to get to spend some time with Aaron Vale, who is the 2017 Ultimate Series Points Champion. So we'll touch base with him before the night is over. Probably going to be a long show, as per usual, but should be jam-packed and should be a lot of fun. But, Jed, before we get too into everything else, let's kick it off like we always kick it off. Let's tell him who's hot. He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. Seabrook Performance Who's Hot. In addition to building quality race engines, Seabrook Performance is your source for carburetor setup. Whether it's a new, 
custom calibrated carburetor, or a rebuild and calibration of your current carb, Luke Siebert at Siebert Performance has the answer. Call Luke at 785-286-6813. Luke, our Siebert Performance Who's Hot driver this week is, uh, we're going to show our bottom bulb guys some love. This guy has been on a tear the last, I don't know, six weeks or so, and really performed extremely well and very deserving. Uh, there's a lot of people we could have picked, but it was time to, to go to a footbreaker this time, Matt Obertanik. Everybody knows Matt, and we kind of gave him a hard time about the Jeepster, but uh, his little AMC is a bad, bad ride, and he has been driving it extremely well. Luke, he won, uh, I think it was August 5th at Martin, Michigan. He won a 5K in it. He run it up a 5K just a couple of weeks later at Beaver Springs. He run it up a 10K at Killcare a week after that. He won the last two points races at Keystone Raceway to get him into a tiebreaker to qualify for the world finals. He won the tiebreaker. So he is going to the world finals in Memphis. And then he comes right back last weekend at Cecil County at the Jim Harrington Memorial Footbrake Classic that uh, Fetch and JP put on there at Cecil County. He run it up the first 10K on Saturday and won Sunday's 10K. An absolute tear, especially for a footbrake racer. Matt Obertanik, we all know he's as good as it gets, but that was a heck of a performance for a few weeks stretch there. No doubt. You run through that resume of just recent accomplishments. And I know we had said on the podcast just a couple of weeks ago that it seems like we don't have a big buck bottom ball brace go by where we don't say the name Matt Obertanik. But in saying that, like, I'm still impressed when you roll through that laundry list of accomplishments since the beginning of August. So no doubt, uh, very deserving. I had nominated Matt for the Who's Hot just based on what he did last weekend, much less all of this stuff. So yeah. very, very deserving. Congrats to Matt. He is this week's Siebert Performance Who's Hot. Jed, we dedicated the majority, I guess, of last week's show to trying to dissect and break down the IHRA championship chase as they came into their final weekend, the the 2017 finale at Dragway 42. The dust has settled. The smoke has cleared. And we now know our 2017 IHRA world champions, each of these guys $15,000 richer. In top dragster, Troy Williams Jr., who did not make the tow to Dragway 42, was able to stay on top. There was at least, I, I believe there was a handful of competitors that had him in the crosshairs at Dragway 42, but all of them had to do uh, quite a bit of work, go quite a few rounds to overtake Troy, and obviously that didn't happen. So Troy Williams Jr. is your 2017 IHRA Top Dragster World Champion. On the top sportsman side, it was a little bit of a different story. Coming into the weekend, it was Marlon Goats in the lead. Same deal. I know we talked about Nathan Van Beek. We talked about Mark Payne. We talked about Scott Wasco. We talked about Rob Habershack having a chance to unseat Goats. And it was Harvishak coming through in the what is, appears to be the clutchest ways of doing it. He won the final event on Sunday and believed that he had to win that race to overtake Goats and claim the 2017 Top Sportsman World Championship. That's just what he did. Your 2017 Top Sportsman champ, Rob Harvishak. Yeah, clutch performance there for sure. And uh, you talked about Troy winning the Top Dragster World Championship, Luke, and he's already started his uh, week off well here at Bristol 
at the Fall Fling, which we'll talk about in next week's show, I'm sure. But great performances by both of those guys. And now we get over into the the 90 categories and Quick Rod uh, podcast bumped Danny Waters Jr., which we knew Danny Waters was in control when we interviewed him on the show. But he did go on and secure the Quick Rod World Championship, which uh, is uh, he's done a few times in his career. So great job there by Danny. Vernon Rowland come out and got the Super Rod World Championship. And we talked about Vernon being one of those guys that might not be quite as a household name as a lot of our bracket racing uh, listeners know, but Vernon is a super talented guy out of Oklahoma and comes out and gets the quick, uh, excuse me, Super Rod World Championship. So great job by both of those guys as well. Yeah, and Vernon, we talked about how clutch uh, Harvishak's victory was. Vernon was in a similar boat, and sometimes it's harder when you just have to win a couple rounds to win the world championship. You know what I mean? If you come in and have to win the entire race, like it seems like kind of a pipe dream. And then the further that you go, the more real it becomes and the more pressure you put upon yourself in the late rounds. Vernon's situation was like he had to win, I think it was third round in the first race. He only had one race to do it on Saturday. So you can imagine that those rounds one through three were very, very tense inside his helmet. But he was able to uh, to get that done and actually had like a banner day on Saturday down there. If, if I'm I'm going off memory, but I believe he won quick rod, runnered up super rod, and his daughter Brittany won hot rod in the oh, process wow. of clinching the super rod world championship. So that's a pretty good day. That is a really good day. And I think we just for the first time ever on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast had a little engine noise in the background we're about to hear some cars go down the racetrack that was pretty cool we're here yeah. at bristol yeah just that was to, chris stein's blower car yeah to keep you updated live although you won't hear this for another 24 hours and you will know who has won the semifinals are going down the track right now and that was a uh red light start for a 470 car is that Ezo? levisa was red yeah. chris yeah. stein got the win so we move over into Hot Rod now, and that was Chris Webb. And Chris was in control, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Chris right. was one that we said had as, as comfortable a lead as anybody, and that held up. So he is your 2017 Hot Rod IHRA World Champion. Superstock got a little bit more dicey, from what I understand. Pete Dagnolo, who we kind of predicted, we prognosticated a little bit that he would end up in this position, but uh, it, it got pretty interesting for him at Dragway 42. Martin Nowicki, I believe, had to make the final round on day one, and I believe he lost in the semis. I don't know if that's completely accurate. I know he came up one round short of passing Pete, which Pete still had Sunday to improve. But I think as this thing ended, he won the championship by less than a round. And it was basically decided on Saturday afternoon at Dragway 42. So congrats to Pete. As Daniel wins the other semifinal and advances to the $15,000 final here at Bristol Dragway in the fall fling. Yeah, and then move over into stock, Luke, with uh, Myron Pyrotech. And uh, Myron, again, had a, a pretty comfortable lead early in the season and that held true for him the rest of the way as he won another stock world championship in ihra competition great job by myron and uh, junior category was paige montgomery to wrap up the ihra champions discussion there yeah so congrats to all of our 2017 ihra world champions again as a quick rundown i don't know if our listeners were distracted yet i was a little distracted by the semifinals going on there so top dragster world champion troy williams jr top sportsman rob harvishak 
Quick Rod Danny Waters Jr., Super Rod Vernon Rowland, Hot Rod Chris Webb, Super Stock Pete Diagnolo, Stock Eliminator Myron Pytek, and the Junior Dragster National Champion in the IHRA, Paige Montgomery. Big Jed yeah. NHRA made it to Maple Grove for the uh, annual national event up there. Just had the, the bare bones classes in the sportsman ranks, Super Comp, Super Gas, Stock, and Super Stock. Walk us through those quickly. Yeah, Lauren Freer got the win in Super Comp. Uh, good to see Lauren getting back out there and getting it done. She's a terrific driver, and she got the win over Jeff Kondratik. Uh, Super Gas was Kevin Robb over Ray Sawyer. Uh, Robb had uh, seventh out window over six runs, looks uh, 007 to 14. A really great performance there by him, carried him all the way to the win. Super Stock was Byron Warner getting the win over Anthony Bertozzi, which just uh, lost a couple of entries here in Bristol in the quarterfinals. And stock was Carl Martell over Lenny Williams, and that wrapped up Maple Grove uh, Divisional there. Yeah, the NHRA Division Tour was out in Utah in Salt Lake City, and if you listen to the intro of the show, you know that's where I was at last weekend. Uh, I've got a few insights on the weekend, a few kudos to give Mike Eames and his staff and Mike Rice and the Division 7 staff. But uh, before we get to that, I guess let's roll through the results. Let's start with race one, which was the only event to completely reach a conclusion where all classes um, got knocked out. That was uh, contested. We started that race Friday night. It was actually finished up Saturday morning. A top dragster winner, and this was a pretty good story in divisional event one out there in Utah. Winner was Steve Kasner over uh, Motrujillo. Steve winning top dragster is not a huge surprise or a huge story. Like he does that kind of on the regular. But what was really impressive at Utah was he rolled in late Thursday afternoon. Time trials were concluded. I think there was originally supposed to be one Friday morning. Weather made that impossible. So those that came in late just got put on the bottom of their respected ladder. And Steve was one of those guys. And it's one thing to like roll into, I don't know, it would be one thing for me to roll into I-57 drag strip with no time trials, right? I raced there yeah. a fair amount. Right. And I guess Steve has raced at, U- at Rocky Mountain Raceways a fair amount this year. But nonetheless, like I rolled in there with the same throttle stop setting that I had at Dallas the week before where I went like 889. And I went 930. It's a little slow up there on the mountain. <laughs> so for Steve to just come in blind and pick a dial in, by the way, he was 14 total in round one. And mm. uh, yeah, and then rolled through to win top dragster. So I know that was kind of a long way of patting Steve Kasner on the back, but I thought that that was extremely impressive and wanted to share it. Yeah, it was impressive and uh, a lot of impressive performances out there. And this, the, although it was in Salt Lake, it's kind of a who's who of, of racing. A lot of big names took some wins there. Top sportsman Brian Moore was runner up to Randy Below. I'm not sure if I got that right or not. But, I always uh, said that, Balo, but I'm not 100% sure that I'm correct there either. So, sorry, Randy. Yeah, I apologize for that. Super comp, Val Torres. Val's had a really good year. Got the win over another young man who's had a good year, Marco Paravalaris. Uh, those guys, a couple of talented young racers. Super gas was Tanner Hyatt Luke over Luke Bogacki. Tell us a little bit about that super gas run. Tanner beat the pants off of me and then ask for a podcast <laughs> bump in the winter circle. So here's your podcast bump, Tanner. Nice work. <laughs> Super street was Matt Blodgett. Matt gets a lot of wins in that category. Got the win over Gary Wombolt. Uh, Super stock looked like that. That had to be a really good final. Ryan McClanahan over Jimmy DeFrank. A couple of Super stock all-stars. 
and not only on the West Coast, but just in general. And then in stock, Tony DeFrank takes the stock win over Will Kelly. Yeah, and again, this was race one of a doubleheader at Utah, and this is where I'll take over with a little bit of narrative and kind of tell the story. Basically, all weekend, the the forecast was that Saturday evening, we would begin to get some rain, and that rain would likely persist all day Sunday. So Mike Rice, the Division 7 director, and along with Mike Eames and the, uh, the staff at Rocky Mountain Raceway, made a really proactive decision to... Again, we were finishing the race one Saturday morning. We went directly into race two. No time trials. Let's just try to get this thing done, get as far as we possibly can. And we did just that. The rain that was predicted to come at about 7 p.m. came about 5 p.m. And uh, we were in the middle of third round of everything. And as predicted, that rain stuck around. So what they did was actually called a driver's meeting Sunday morning. And I thought this was the coolest thing ever and the most fair and best way to, to represent everybody that was involved. But they basically broke it down into class and said, okay, every class, here's the guys that are still in. You guys get together and decide what you want to do. We can either stay here tomorrow and finish this race, or we can hold it over and finish it at Las Vegas prior to the last divisional event of the season. You guys choose, and it, we don't have to run every class here. We don't have to run every class at Vegas. We will do whatever's best for those of you in each class. And to just give the racers that power, and you know, to have a little bit of say, obviously, from my perspective, was huge. I'm 26 hours from home, have no intentions of going to Las Vegas in November. Certainly don't want to drive home and back to Vegas. Thankfully for me, the Supercomp crowd, the remaining field, agreed to do the same, that they, we decided to finish Monday. Some of those classes will be contested at Vegas. Uh, but again, I just thought it was so awesome to basically give the racers the, the choice and let us have a say in it. Yeah, that was really cool. And obviously some chose Luke to, to stay there and race and some chose to continue it elsewhere. But the ones of you that did stick around, uh, looks like top dragster was uh, Sean Hart getting the win over William Carnell. Uh, Super comp, Luke, that was pivotal for you, and it come up a little bit short as Matt Harville got the win over you. Tell us a little about that one. I was in the right place at the right time on Monday for the most part. I got a couple of freebies, basically. My opponent, fourth round, his car died when he decked it, so that was an easy one, and that was for the bye fifth round. Uh, I won a good race with Blue Hayball in the semis. Felt like I was rolling good to uh, roll up to the final opposite Matt, and uh, I was uh, maybe feeling it just a little bit too much. I turned it red in the final. So kudos to Matt, and as you said, pivotal in that, like, I'm glad that I was able to make a final that far from home. Gave my, my points opportunities a shot in the arm. Uh, I'm still absolutely a long shot, but I've got a shot going to my last two races, and I'm on the radar. I think I moved up to third place nationally, and in order to pass John LaBoost Jr., I would have to make another final uh, at one of my last two division races. And, and and again, there's no telling if John LaBoost Jr.'s points total will hold up to begin with. Austin Williams has a shot. Gary Stinnett has a shot. and now, But now I've got a shot, and that's a cool place to be. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's really all you could hope for. And that's what that trip was all about, was giving yourself a shot. So hope it works out for you. And super stock, Randy Logi got the win over Rob Youngblood. And in stock was Robert Pond over Larry Gilly. And those were the four classes that decided to stick around and finish up. 
Yeah, exactly. Top Sportsman, Super Gas, and Super Street will, uh, the remaining cars will complete their eliminations, I believe, on the Wednesday of the Lucas Oil event at Las Vegas in early November. Jed, that's where I was at. You were in Huntsville. Take us yes. through the DragRaceResults.com Ultimate Series finale. Well, it was another great event. Uh, Scott and Nicole and Megan and the great folks, TT and Angie at Huntsville Dragway, gave us a, a great race at a great place. So uh, no complaints there. I didn't drive very well, but uh, you won't hear my name in any of the results. But uh, it was some of the toughest racing I've been involved in. It was really exciting. The points battle come down to the last day. Uh, obviously, we talked about Aaron Vale winning the points and leaving with that new American dragster, and we're going to get a chance to talk to Aaron in just a little bit. But before that happened, Thursday had the Champs Performance warm-up, $2,500 gambler's race, and a torque converter on the line. A couple of young guns went to the final there. Zach Hitchcock got the win over Christopher Martin. My buddy Christopher actually should be pulling in here just in a little bit, coming to Bristol to race with me, so I'm excited about that. Team uh, Friday. Team bad guys, absolutely. Team next gen team. They got a bunch of hashtags when they're young like that. Uh, Friday's 20K, Luke, uh, turned out to be a really important day in that Aaron Vail got the win over Corey Mong, a couple of good friends that hang out together a lot. But Aaron taking the win there really positioned himself well to move forward into points and, and take an opportunity at winning, which ultimately he did. So uh, it was a, a great day for him, not only a big payday, but big points implications there. And Saturday's 50K was a guy you just talked about, just went out. I, I got my back to him. This is really weird. I got a garbage can between us, so I can't see. I leaned back a minute ago and saw you, and that just totally ruined the show for me. So I'm I'm a mess right now. And got Aaron Vale over my shoulder watching me as I'm sitting here looking at a wall, just talking to my computer. So this is really weird. But Johnny Ezel. Uh, stepped to the front of that 50K, and he got it done over Mikey Bloomfield Jr. Now, Mikey has won a couple of 50s in the last uh, 12 months there at Huntsville and almost did it again. Uh, 5,000 set the strike, went Johnny's way. Ezel kicked the door down for his first really big payday there, so that was great to see Johnny get it done. Yeah, Johnny Bragger is obviously a, a staple in the winter circle all across the country for, what, the last three, four years. But as you mentioned, the big payday, so to speak, uh, the 50 grand and bigger had eluded him until this point. And he's won, like, I know that I've watched Johnny go. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Aaron just moves your trash oh, can. Aaron Vale. Aaron Vale's a mess. <laughs> he just took it down. Now I got to look at you. I just You're across the room. This is terrible. <laughs> what, what I was getting at was I personally watched Johnny. I'm like have two cars or two entries in late in the million in a couple of 50 granders and it just seemed like he would never fall his way I want to say that I've watched him a handful of times like drop both entries in the same round with 20 or less cars left you know so you go from thinking you're going to have a big big day on the biggest stage to just kind of having the rug pulled out from under you so I, I having as someone that has been through that a lot on those bigger stages, those bigger paydays, I uh, I kind of root for Johnny in those spots. So it was good for me from afar. I was watching a little bit live online to see him get that big win at Huntsville. So congrats, Johnny Brackett Racing. Yeah, it was good to see. He's one of the good guys in the sport and uh, races hard, goes a lot. So uh, it was great to see him knock the door down, get that big win. And Sunday, Luke, uh, we wrapped up not only with a 20K, but like I said, a, a serious points battle. You know, Aaron Bell, Mikey Bloomfield, Roy St. Dennis. I can't remember exactly. 
Yeah, Tommy Plot. That's right. Uh, it was, you know, anybody's game, really. So uh, that was a lot of fun as that was happening in the 20K. When it was all said and done, the 20K itself wrapped up. Bad Brad Pluard uh, continued in a pretty amazing hot streak himself. Uh, Brad could have been who's hot again, but we're just really tired of giving him the who's hot. So we had, <laughs> had to move that over to a real racer, uh, Bottom Bubber and Matt Overtanic. But he got the win over Ron Lane, which Ron's been on fire himself. Went to a bunch of finals lately. Uh, Pluard not only won the 20K, he got the duck race and the 4K Gamblers race Friday night. So he had a really, really good weekend. But when the dust settled, that beautiful new American race car chassis went to Aaron Vale. And I don't know if you got to see any of the Facebook stuff. Aaron got his open face helmet and he like killed himself getting over in that dragster because it didn't have any doors or anything in it. And they finally got him over in it and got him to sit down <laughs> and dragged him down the track because it's just a rolling chassis. But that was really cool. It was an awesome points battle. It was another great series, and uh, Aaron come out on top, and we're looking forward to talking to him about that in a little bit. Yeah, I can't wait to have Aaron on and break that down a little bit. One last race that we wanted to uh, talk a little bit about before we get to Aaron, and that was the aforementioned Jim Harrington Memorial Race up at Cecil County. As we talked about in the open, huge weekend for Mac Obertanic in the, the AMC that I believe that they've dubbed the Smoke Machine. Well, it is now, yes. Uh, <laughs> he sent me the picture of it. I, you probably anybody can find it online on the Facebook or whatever, but it's popping a little willy. And then it's like an amazing amount of smoke behind it. I said, did you pop a willy coming out of the burnout? And he's like, no, <laughs> no, this was on the starting line. <laughs> so he had a little evac issue and it was stopping up on him, but I uh, never seen that much smoke come out of a car and it still lived to make another round. So that was good for Matt. But usually, he had a, what, what's your line, Jed? You, usually you got to keep the smoke in there. Yeah, Bobby Joe Pennington told me a long time ago, son, anything got smoke in it, you got to keep it in. When you let it out, it's bad. It don't <laughs> live very long. He's been right for the most part until now. Matt Obertanic proved that theory wrong as wrong can be. Another great event, Jim Harrington Memorial Race there that uh, Anthony Fetch and uh, J.P. Pascarella put on. It's uh, It's been a wonderful footbreak race for many years, and they had another good one there at Cecil County. And Saturday, uh, as we mentioned, Matt Obertanic was runner-up to Matt Wilson the third. Matt getting a big win there over a tough racer in Obertanic. That's had to feel good for him. Sunday, Obertanic totally redeemed himself with a win over the always difficult to beat Kurt Holland. So good outing there for Matt, as we mentioned in the Seabrook performance, who's hot. Now, I'm looking at this picture of the AMC disappearing in the smoke. Am I mistaken here? I think I saw something on Facebook where he, he lost a muffler and ran over that at some point. Yeah, he that did. The same story. Yeah, he did tell me about that as well. He's, Matt's always good for some excitement, uh, and he, he got some this weekend or this past weekend. But somehow, he always seems to get through it and get great results, and he did that once again at Cecil County in the Jim Harrington Memorial Footbrake Race. And one last thing we want to cover, we were talk, we've been talking about tickets punched to Pomona down there in the land of the winners. No, 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 no. The land of the winners, Division Three. What are they called? The good guys down there in the good guys in the South Central Division, uh, NHRA bracket finals at the Texas Motorplex last week. The uh, Division Four representatives headed to Pomona. Tickets punched. Super Pro. I'll, I'll let you take this, Jed. I know you've been waiting all week to say this. My, yeah. My e. <laughs> Super Pro. Everybody's buddy. E. Eric Sandlin got the win 
and the love machine. And I mean, that's exactly <laughs> I'm what glad it says. I you have that. You did that I so much. I crushed better. that. And I got people watching me too, which is really weird because normally I'm sitting in my underwear in my bedroom doing the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. So you, I asked you if it was okay to get in my underwear and you said no. And now I got Bail and, and his beautiful better half in here watching. This is really weird, but I'm really happy for Eric. He is a guy that gives a lot to his family. He helps uh, his brother and supports him racing and gives up the love machine or the love machine all the time to let him go race. Finally, he got his big win in Super Pro, and he's going to go to Pomona and represent the very tough Division Four in that category. Yeah, cool stuff. I, I grew up with Easy, and uh, he's always been that way. It's always been others first. He's come second for as long as I've known him, and I've known him since he was probably eight years old. So as you said, he's typically content to to do the work behind the scenes and sit in the background and see uh, Chad or any of his myriad of drivers get the wins in that in that love machine. But uh, <laughs> Eric has also had a, a penchant for coming through in big spots like I may be mistaken. I want to say he won the bracket finals another time. It may not be accurate. I know he's won the national event there at the Texas Motorplex, I think on two occasions. And for a guy that historically hadn't raced a whole lot, like he just kind of comes up big in big spots. So, but like, as you said, just a genuine guy, good guy and guy I've known all my life. So I was rooting for him. Really happy to see uh, E get that win. Yeah, and speaking of genuine good guys, that trend continued in the other categories. Uh, pro category for Division Four. that champion was Jason Patterson, and Jason is a guy that has raced with us out here at the World Foot Brake Challenge and the Southern Foot Brake Challenge. Awesome guy, a very talented racer, and uh, it was great to see him get his big win in pro to go out there and represent his division. And uh, street sportsman category is a guy that's going back as a repeat, and uh, in that category, actually won pro last year. He's going to go represent Division Four and Street Sportsman this year, and that's Jake Howard. He's also an awesome dude. Uh, Jake, good friend of mine, uh, come out here to Bristol this year, helped us with some announcing, perform well on the racetrack, and D Love Machine. So uh, it's great to see him go out and represent those guys in Street Sportsman. Another trip back for him. And motorcycle, Luke was uh, Cameron. Bilal, I'm going with that. I, I mean, that's a this that name's too difficult to even try right now. As tired as I am, so no, I know Cam. You nailed it. Did I? Perfect. Okay, perfect. Well, he got uh, he got the win in motorcycles. He's going to go represent his division in Pomona as well. Good luck to those guys and everybody else that made it. It's going to be fun to watch it play out, and hopefully, we get to talk about it a little bit on the show after it happens. Well, Big Jed, we've got finals coming as we talk live. Here at uh, at the False Lang, I know you've got yeah. some duties to take care of down there. Yeah. Some interviews, so we'll take a little break here. We'll let you handle that. We'll uh, tell our audience a little bit about racing RVs, and this is Bracket Racing Elite. And when we come back, we'll have Aaron Vale here live in the flesh. How's that sound? That sounds like a really good time. Um, we're all going to be looking at each other. That'll be weird, but I'm still looking forward to seeing how it works out. All right, folks, I want to start off by saying a few words about the latest racing RVs coach that I have in my position. It's actually still sitting at Rocky Mountain Raceways in Utah. I'll fly back out there and get it next week. I make a couple other races on my way home. For those of you that have kept up with the podcast, you know that Joe Fisher at Racing RVs, along with myself, worked out a program where I... Uh, travel in and display several different units throughout the course of the season. 
those units are RVs that are on display at every event that I go to. You are welcome to come in, check them out, take a look around. The one that I have right now, a 2003 30-foot Renegade Super Slide Twin Screw built on an FL-112 with a 410 horsepower C12 Caterpillar motor. Five separate sleeping areas, sleeps up to 10. Two new leather sofas, a couple of new televisions, fully loaded with options. It's got a 12K Onan diesel generator, propane water heater, 200 gallons of fresh water, 30,000 pound hitch, got a nice electric awning on it, two air conditioners, ladder, walk through bathroom, you name it, it's got it. Asking price on this unit is $99,900. Again, it is a 2003 30-foot Renegade. Mileage on it is right at 250,000 miles. You can see more details and photos of this unit at racingrvs.com. And again, if you are um, coming to Noble, Oklahoma, or Reynolds, Georgia, or the Million Dollar Race, I believe that I will have this unit at all three, unless it sells before then. So be sure to uh, look us up and come check that out. In addition to Racing RVs, this week's podcast is presented in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. I get a lot of questions about This Is Bracket Racing Elite and just how it works. The premise is really simple. If you want to become a better racer and you're willing to put in the time and effort to do so, I believe that we can help you. The ways that Elite can help is probably a little bit different for everyone, a little bit unique to everyone, but the end goal is the same. That is to increase understanding to develop execution, and most importantly, to build and maintain confidence. The cost is significant. Currently, the cost for This Is Bracket Racing Elite is $90 a month, but there is no commitment beyond month one. So if you like what you see and you feel like you are benefiting from the program, you can continue within the group. If not, what are you out? Okay? You can learn more at thisisbracketracing.com. All right, guys, as promised, our first ever live interview is with the 2017 Drag Race Results Ultimate Series Points Champion, won that beautiful American Race Cars Dragster. This guy's a multi-time 20K winner, big bucks winner in general. He's won a ton in his racing career which has happened since 1987 in the same car, the man of the hour. Great to have you here live. Aaron Bell, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jed. Great to have you, man. Thank you. Thank you, Luke. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Congratulations, first and foremost. I guess we'll start off. Why don't you just kind of walk us through the three-race series that was the 2017 com Ultimate Series and how it culminated with you coming out on top? Well, I think that is one of the best series when I seen that flyer come out, Scott Lemon put out, I, I told Nikki, I said, boy, you better get used to being in Huntsville because that's, that's where we're going. You know, so <laughs> that was even last year, which you come out on that, Luke, you done, you know how good it feels. So, and how, what it's worth, you know, so. Right. The first race, you know, we, I, I don't know, I, somehow or another there, my red, I raced my red car and my silver car there and I got a little farther in it and I was just kind of lucky there because. I didn't really realize that they were letting people double the same car. So then mm-hmm. the summer race and the fall race, I just doubled my silver car. But I put my R ticket on the first one, which is the way I usually run it. So somehow or another, you know, I was lucky. I just feel like I'm lucky. And I'm lucky, period, anyway, just to be able to do what I do. But I just felt it felt lucky. The one I was down to the quarters almost at least one of those weekends. I think I made the split almost every one of those races. And 
Now you say it that just, you doubled the silver car. Like, is that because you're just more comfortable in it because you've had it forever, or is it the better of the two cars I, or I both? Th- I think it's. Um, I don't know that it's better. It maybe not. Is you know what I'm saying? It, but I feel <laughs> it. I know it better. You know, when it lands, I know what I'm going. And really, it's just a lot easier. It's um, keeping one car warm and whatever. Being able to just drive it back in the lanes instead of coming back and jumping out of that car into the other one. Doing time runs in two cars. You know, like I say, it's if I let you do. Both and my silver car is made to do that more so than my red car. You know, it's got a bigger cooling system and all that kind of thing. So it's probably the better weapon in that in that case. You know, plus it's my favorite. You know, so and that's a familiarity yeah. that, as you said, has been yeah. built up over thirty years. Right. Same car. Right. Yeah, I drove that car to high school. Yeah. I, I've had not since nineteen eighty. What year model is that Firebird? It's actually a seventy-five. The car is seventy-five, but it's got a seventy-three front end on it. Okay. So it looks like I call it a 73, but it's, it's a 75. It's a 75. And what year model is the red car? It's 96. Gotcha. And you've yeah. just had it out for the last couple of years? Seven, six, five, six years. Has it been that long? I don't well, know what I've feel had that long. Well, 13 or something like that, maybe. I don't know when I actually finished it. Well, and Aaron, for, for the listeners who aren't as familiar with your career, you know, take us through it. You, you talked about the, the car, how long, the silver car, how long you've owned it. You've owned that car and won this championship. You've had that car since you were 16 years old. 16 years old, yeah. Take us through that transformation. Well, I was like like a lot of people that I, you know, I wanted to build something fast. So I was instantly improving on it. I raced it a little bit. I raced it for a long time. I had Doug Nash five-speed in it Hmm. and actually had a delay box in it with the Doug Nash five-speed and everything else. So. It broke. If it didn't break, it was pretty good, you know, but it was a lot of fun to drive that way, but I smelled like 98 all the time, so I got rid of that. <laughs> so, but uh, from there, I, I don't know. Um, I started a race after I put automatic in it. I, I just raced at Muncie mostly, and like everybody else, you know, their track is, you know, the baddest one around. And up there, you know, you had you had some of the best racers around that I, you know, I had to learn the hard way, just like the rest of us. So, At what stage, like, I assume that it wasn't always just a race car when it was in your possession at 16. Like, at right. what point did it get cut up? And, you know, that. I, I back half in 87. So, okay, and, it, so you... and I don't think I even raced it till probably like 89 or something. It took me about, I think I took about a year off or so there. And that's really when I started racing hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about, I think it was 91, I put this, put a 400 turbo in it. And that was, that improved it quite a bit. And I started getting a little more serious about it. That's when I started racing Super Pro. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'd race pro class before that. So, and went everywhere from a $600 trailer to, and an old beat up truck that runs on five cylinders to, you know, something a little better, something a little better, something a little better. And mm-hmm. now I've got something pretty nice, you know, but. And you were telling us before we started recording that, uh, what, up until a couple of years ago, the, the engine in that Firebird was the same engine yeah, that was in it when you yeah, were driving right, it. Yeah, the same combination. I broke the crankshaft and broke blocks right. and stuff, but the same, same. basic combination, the, the, this, the old Super Duty heads and the, you know, that that was the same cam, same head, same cylinder intake manifold, same combination that I just took out two wow. years ago. So <laughs> pretty impressive. <laughs> it, it was well known. Yeah, so, no doubt. But back to the ultimate thing that uh, on Saturday, Friday, I won. So Saturday, I'm like 60 for a And I'm just sick. I'm like, I mean, I was already, I wasn't. This is this last weekend. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I don't. I can't say that it was over it, but I know it was on me, you know, I, I, and I'm like, Oh, I, I missed that. You know, and I, and I was just, Oh man, there ain't no way. <laughs> you know, you know this, 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 I'm done. That's it. You know, so I just quit looking at him. Anybody talk, start talking about it. I just Cause you knew you, 
yeah. went into the lead with Fred. Well, yeah, well, yeah, so well, I, I just right? like somebody to talk about. I just put my fingers in my ears. I didn't have a clue. So <laughs> after I got beat Sunday, Gary Williams came over. He said, I think you just won that draft year. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I think you did. How far did you go on Sunday's race? Fourth round, I think. Gotcha. Just obviously enough. Because yeah. it was, was it yeah. less than a round between yeah. you and Mikey? Yeah, it yeah. was close. Yeah. You know, and, and me and Corey was, we were, you know, we're friends. We even, you know, there were some, but we, I said, no, we're racing. We're not going to do anything. So that shows on the slip, but I think I was 11 dead zero. He's eight dead on six. So, wow. So that made a, yeah, really. That was Friday's that, Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you mm-hmm. know, I made a, it was great. I didn't, I was just waiting on somebody to come down and said, no, we made a mistake. <laughs> so it's over there. Then. And I guess the drama wasn't completely done because I was, Jed was keeping up with me as it was going on. Roy St. Dennis had St. a chance to in, at yeah. least tie, yeah. I believe, if well, he, yeah, if he won. won the race. Yeah. Right. So I'm standing there knowing he's winning. <laughs> yeah. I, he's going to win this thing. You know, so I'm, yeah. yeah. So Roy. He's capable. Out, yeah. out in the quarterfinals, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, there are seven or eight cars. And, um, and then it was official. Yeah. And that finished it up for you. Aaron, in addition to, to racing, I know that you make your living in the automotive industry. Like, tell us a little bit just about how that came about, and obviously been a gearhead at yeah, hard worked, on your uh, life. I worked on it. I worked at a repair shop before I was even sixteen. Mm-hmm. You know, for a couple, three years until I got out of high school. I started working this at a Napa store, a guy in local town that we bought parts from in nineteen eighty four. Been there ever since. I bought it in two thousand. He had four stores, and I was a salesman for him. He split them off, and, and they got into corporate side, you know, and I ended up was able to buy the one in my hometown. Mm-hmm. So, Which is Fortville, I, correct? Fortville, yeah, Fortville, mm-hmm. Indiana. So, and it was just the uh, same thing. You know, you just you work and work and work and work for 10 or 15 years to try to get it paid down, and that's what's kind of what happened with me is I busted my butt, and 10 or 15 years later, I got most of that. It's good. You know, so now I'm able to go racing a little bit more with my guys. You seem to be able to show up at, at all the big stuff, so yeah. it must be going yeah. well for you, which is a great thing. Coming into the final weekend last weekend at Huntsville, where were you at in the in the point saying? I know you were within reach, but you I weren't was, leading. I was number six. Number six, and then obviously West the Friday. Was leading, yeah, which he's capable of. He was in about as far <laughs> as I think I was Friday, and he went some rounds Saturday, but I think he may have got me third or fourth round Saturday. But you know, with him, he's gonna right. Yeah, he light him up and. Go nine tomorrow, no problem. You know, so all those people, Tommy Plot, all of them were just. I just almost feel like I shouldn't even be mentioned in the same sentence. You know, what I'm saying? it's like, and really, but it's what it turns down to is that, and you know, as much as anything, it's the little numbers on the slip was on my side this time. They were just, oh, there you go, you stayed on zero. No. So you know, and that's the way it falls. And I think that's it's, some of the drama of a nine race series, which this year turned into a seven okay, race series basically. Just, you know what I mean? Because I can't it's see how anybody could not why that place didn't have four cars in there a week, but no, it's with the great, me I mean too. what a great series. I know he Scott poured his heart and soul into it. No question. They right, yeah, they worked their butt off all weekend. Every weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, so I seen what they're doing, you know. Hot and, and Huntsville is just a great place. It's a Great track. It yeah, really is. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the track and the series were both excellent. Should have been better attended, but I thought so. Yeah, uh, the, the racing was as difficult. Oh as man, that's of, the so thing. That, you don't have a great big crowd. They're all sharks. Something. Yeah, they're, yeah, <laughs> yeah they It was man. It was, man, it was murder. Now I saw what looked like, and I've heard tidbits of what obviously looked like an enjoyable Sunday evening in Huntsville. But can you give us the PG version? Of the winners, oh, the, the well, points championship well, I, celebration. I never made a pass in a dragster before. I don't know if you ever knew that, but I don't really Never have. happened, no, right? 
So can't say that anymore, can you? No, I've been down it now. I, I had, I had, I've been down it once. Huntsville, left lane. It's smooth as glass. Uh-huh, uh-huh. American car, man, that may be smooth. <laughs> yeah. Got good brakes, it'll stop and then make a golf cart just chalk right on it. <laughs> so it was a good time. We had fun. Was, at that point, whenever they finally rolled it over to my trailer, that's when I was like, okay. This really happened, right? So, <laughs> at that yeah, point, we're gonna have yeah, a good time yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah, so we'll, it. We'll withhold the names to protect the innocent. Great, it, great friends you know, <laughs> that we had there: Jamie Bridge and Kenny and Mikey Bloomfield's over there. The whole, you know, the whole bunch of us. We all had a great time. Well, so, what the, we had a great time Friday. I think that's why it's 60 Saturday. <laughs> Might have played in yeah, two or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen you yeah. at the track when you're not having yeah, a good time. That's the only thing it's worth. You got that beautiful new American car, and you made your first lap in it, and it was super smooth. Yeah. Uh, what I was perfect at the tree. Was you? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that's no surprise at all. What are you planning to do with that dragster? It's for sale. It's for I sale. maybe you want to buy it or something. You trade well, it over, you know. I'm, I'm about like you, you about like me. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I tell you, it's a really nice car, and it's all complete and wired. And there's so much little stuff, too, that come with that car. Usually, whenever you get dragster they give away there's nothing there you know it's a they bare bones it as much as you can and that thing is man that's a nice car no that's what so, blew me away last year like, I that even, things I, after i got to looking at it, i'm like man I, I don't know i might have to you know it's free i might try to run that and the next day we had the panels off of that night and i, when I went to try to put them on i was all scared to scratch it so i said no it's gone it's gotta go i scratch it i can't picture aaron vale staging up in anything yeah. but an old slow door car what, what, what do you think well, kenny says i need a blown, a blown 455 pontiac that's kenny like, would say thompson. that yeah, kenny would say thompson, that. yeah that's what he said. i would say whatever formula you got yeah. working pretty well i, I, I don't think i would mess with it. i wouldn't yeah. even put plugs in it yeah, i haven't ain't gonna <laughs> what's next for you well this weekend we're all one of 50 grand or saturday or something Oh, well, I was planning on doing it. And then, uh, I don't know, we got some stuff up home we'll run to, be at the million, hopefully do some damage down there. More of the same in 2018, I assume? More of the same, yeah. I think so. All right, Aaron. We typically wrap up these interviews with uh, with a little fun segment. We call it Rapid Fire. Just uh, quick questions, quick answers, some racing-related, some not. So I assume you're up for that. Oh, yeah. You're down for whatever. Aaron, what you were talking about earlier, you're at seemingly every one of these big events all across the country. But like all of us, we all have a, a favorite facility or a favorite race, so to speak. Is there one that stands out to you above the rest? Well, I, the million has got to be the most electric atmosphere that you see. This place at Bristol, it's, uh, there's probably no better backdrop than being at Bristol. You know, um, Pete and Kyle's got the thing a lot. Man, it's a, that place is just over the top. Yeah, but it still doesn't have the backdrop that this is. No, this is. You know, cool. so I like this place. I don't. I, although you know, I'm a Muncie dragway. If I had, you know, I'm gonna say, I, if mm-hmm. I was there, I probably feel more comfortable Muncie dragway than I do anywhere. I could stand right out there and be happy, happy <laughs> as I could be on right. Saturday night. I'm just fine right there at Muncie dragway. We have a big race. We put it wherever. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, racing's important, and it's a it's a great pastime and hobby for you. But what's a favorite hobby outside of that oh i don't know drinking beer probably really but, yeah, drink beer? i drink beer yeah um, i have but, uh, breaking news on oh here on the on the sports drag racing podcast I, I work and I, <laughs> I work and i race that's kind of what it is i have i don't know we have uh, nikki's sister or we have nephews kobe and cole twin 10 year olds boys they're pretty important you know and uh, we, we got two kids of our own uh, Jaden and kayla that yeah. they're grown and gone now but but 
uh, you got work and family mostly, you know, but the twins, I guess, in the last few years have probably kept me busy more than anything. But I work a lot, so other than that, that's important. Nikki's one that, that's what I told her after I won that one race. I think it's just because she makes it easy for me. I, I seemingly just walk up and sit in the thing and drive away. Don't you know, so, and, uh, you know, so uh, that helps, you know, like say, she will come so you see this or that, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't notice that. You know, so that's. There are a lot of unsung heroes in our sport. That's right. Yeah, that I question. A, like I say, I, this, if I had to do all that, then I'd be more ragged than I am, you know, but I kind of look ragged, but I'm not always as ragged as I look, <laughs> believe it or not. If, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be true. Aaron, if you weren't racing on the weekends, you would be? I'd be sitting at home. I probably, I'm probably not going anywhere. I'm probably working on stuff or sitting at the house doing something. Actually, you, uh, you cleared up my, my next question was favorite beverage, but I, I wanted people to really get to know Aaron Vale, and I think this that would do it. But you've yeah. already cleared that one up. I like that, Colby. So I, I use, then if I was, you know, during the day, I use orange juice for fuel. So it's another nap, Colby or orange juice. Awesome. Water. Well, I, I think they already knew that that was your favorite beverage. Yeah. So, and, and I don't mean this offensive, but it's just, you know, you're just this kind of guy and you're kind of cool like that. So, when's the last time you brushed your hair? Uh, this morning, I took a shower this morning. Okay. Well, I, I need to a shower. I know you shower. It goes straight well. up when it's a little bit shorter, but I thought it looked pretty good. I can't, as good as I can see I love it. I love yeah. the way you wear it. As good I, as I can see it, yeah. I'm envious. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, who has been the biggest positive influence in your racing career? In my racing career? I don't know. Um, you know, the whole crowd. That, that, <laughs> you know, I've had all kinds of people help me over the years, you know, and beat me and then Show me how, you know, whatever. Vic Colley was a guy that I worked for whenever I first, when I first, before I didn't even have a license. And he showed me how to build engines and that kind of thing, you know. So he probably, as far as anybody that got me started, you know, that would be him. But then just, to, like I said, the whole bunch of crowd. But back then, you had Mark Seymour, Gary May. And you know, you know, when I started running Super Pro, Johnny Morris. And, you know, they were all Small staples stars. there. When you get down the ladder in Muncie, it's all stand there and look. And, you know, that's, you know they're, it was a tough crowd, you mm-hmm. know. So. It took a while, you know, for them guys to to open up any anything, you know. And a lot of times, if you could just get just hang around enough, you know, you right. they would just leak soak something. It up, right. They would leak something out that you didn't, you know, that they didn't even want to. So, you know, it's like everything else. I try to help. I try to help young racers too as much as I can, just because of that. You know, I feel like that's just the right thing to do. I like to help well, anybody I can show them how to race. You're that kind of guy that's obviously got some nice secret formulas that that you go by, so people. Uh, need to take more time to listen to a guy like you. Cause I think you, I think well, you're very helpful to the young. I try. I say I do. I try to. You know, I've even been. In the, well, you want to tell them that? Well, I, well, I want to. Be, I want to have people racing, and I want to see them win. I, whenever I somebody that I have been helping, I see them win, and that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And so, our last rapid fire is, and I, I've been by your pit when the race is over, and y'all playing music and those things. But when you just got to crank one up, crank a song up, and then. You just want to hear it loud. What is it? What song? Is it? Oh, probably. Well, we probably around. I got a little bit of anything, ACDC or like that. But the, what we usually play that really annoys people or whatever drives them crazy at some point <laughs> is Rage Against the Machine live. I just wind it up, just let it play all night, and it just keeps playing over and over and over, and it drives me crazy. But I like it. So, but then that's all that matters. That's right, yeah, I like it. So it, it keeps me. If I can have that song playing in my head when that tree comes on, I can usually. Maybe I won't think about something else, like what? How many points I got? <laughs> you know, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, that's 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 the truth. That's one of the tricks you try to teach them. 
Aaron, man, congratulations once again. Thanks for taking some time out of your night and uh, and sharing it with us here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. And uh, we look forward to keeping up with you in the future. And good luck here. I hope I do good enough for you to get me back on again. If I do, that would be great. We'll get you really soon. Thanks for having me. Very much. You want to make it in a song to do the Justin Lamb. Win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land. Then you do the L ride and you come out like the world champ. Big Jed, that will wrap up episode 45. How'd we do? I mean, we're, we're running on fumes here. We're in the same room. It's awkward. We just sat down. That was fun. I don't know how this is going to come across, Jed. This all feels foreign. How, how do you think we did? You know, Luke, I really don't have any idea. Um, it, it was really weird. Still is. Do you it's care at this point? Yet. No, I really don't. Just want it over with. I think it. Aaron Vale's going to save the show if we messed it up. I think he totally pulled it out of the the pit and yeah, he made it a good part. show. By the way, real quick, I wanted to tell you that I was on the way up here and I fueled up, and I got to thinking. I, I always pit by Dan Fletcher at this race, and he's my neighbor. So I got to think about Dan's interview and fact he don't listen to the radio so i fueled up somewhere in tennessee and thought you know what i'm fixing to do this i'm gonna go the rest of the way or at least as far as i can without the radio on so i tried that and i i was really impressed myself a lot went a lot farther than i thought i would go without the radio on Uh, not quite as good as dan but i did go seven miles without (laughs) listening to the radio so i really feel like i'm pretty close to being as as concentrated as he is yeah, somehow, uh, I'm just going to leave that one alone, Jed. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsors. This is Bracket Racing Elite, Seabird Performance, Racing RVs. Thanks to Aaron Vale for taking some time out of his uh, regular evening festivities to join us here at Bristol Dragway and on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. That was a lot of fun. As always, thank you, PJ North. All of the songs and the uh, and the breaks that you hear on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast come per- courtesy of PJ. You can find PJ's work on iTunes. He is also on Twitter. He's on Facebook. Thanks to PJ. Thanks also to our assistant, Mark Romeo, for his help. If you've got ideas for the show, you can message us on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page or contact Mark directly on Facebook. Again, that's Mark Romeo. As you guys know, or as I hope you know, we are bringing the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast to you every week of the calendar year. As you know, this week is one day late. Our schedules would not allow us to do it before Wednesday evening. And honestly, you guys are lucky. Like, if you've gotten to this point in the podcast, we're probably over an hour in obviously you like this and you're putting up with it uh, you guys are fortunate to get one this week this is this is all we can do so if it was one of our worst yeah so be it <laughs> yeah just deal with it <laughs> and if you want if you love this show and you want to hear more like it you never will probably so don't plan on that but if you want to hear anything that we're doing on the podcast go to apple podcast google play stitcher wherever you get your podcasts Go there, find the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed and subscribe. It's that simple. You get the pretty purple app on your smart device, and then you get a a red number on it that tells you we got a new show out. You get to listen to it before everybody. So go find us on your podcast source and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Be sure to tell your friends. Show's growing, folks. It's doing well, and we thank you for that. We know that's through your voice. So. Keep telling your friends about the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Get them involved. Get your track involved. We want to give them a shout-out when we know they're playing the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast on their downtime, whether it's all downs, parking time, whatever it be. 
Make sure that uh, if your track is playing the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, you let us know. We give them a huge shout out here on the show and be sure to connect with us on social media join our facebook community at sportsman drag racing podcast touch base with us there you can touch base with us on twitter luke is at luke bogacki b-o-g-a-c-k-i and big jed here is at jp11x be sure to reach out to us with uh, whatever you want to talk about uh, through facebook or twitter and we'll be happy to hear from you. So that wraps us up. Weirdest show we've ever been a part of. I've still got my garbage can between us. Uh, Luke, I'm not looking at you. I can't see you. So it's taking some of the weird out of it. But I do have pants on, which is putting the weird back in it, because I normally don't. So I enjoyed it, bud. Appreciate you taking some time to sit up here with us and uh, talk to Aaron Vale and have race cars in the background. All kidding aside, it was pretty cool. So enjoyed it. Shout out to everybody that is listening, maybe on their way home from the fall fling. And shout out to my peeps out west. I had a blast in Utah, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Had a lot of people, Jed, stop by and, and tell me that they listened to the podcast in what cool. seems to me to be like a whole different world. You know, or at least geographically, it's a long ways away from what I think of as my uh, racing community. So it's neat to have uh, have this venue to talk with people and kind of reach people across the country and maybe even to some extent across the globe it's pretty neat yeah it really is neat and we'll get back to some normalcy next week and uh, do it the regular way and uh, hopefully it's just as good or better but thanks for listening guys and we'll certainly be uh, seeing you next week uh, no bloopers this week clean show nice work big jed thanks bud appreciate it banging on the door bump 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 until i get it in attitude like i am already winning in foot breaking in anything bottom bobbing for a 10 i'm rolling in the cutty switching feet like jerry pennington towers in my truck just to try my love spending money that i don't have still can't get enough be working nine and nine to keep the stream alive enrollment in this is bracket racing elite is now open you've heard me discuss or at least reference this is bracket racing really elite it is the premier offering of our website this is bracketracing.com elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer led by knowledgeable professionals justin lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests racers that you know racers that you respect led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100 plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.